Uh, thank you for these wonderful ladies, uh, Hannah Jones and Hannah Hood, right now. Uh, we thank you that you have prepared them for this, uh, not just over the last few weeks, but over a lifetime of leading them into worshipping you in a more deep and true way. And so we ask that as they speak today, that that would be that, that the thing that comes across is their heart for you and to declare your worthiness to all the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Got a few new faces here. Um, I just wanted to start by introducing myself, and this lovely lady will introduce herself. My name's Hannah, um, child of God, uh, married to Ashley, and I've got my family corner, and uh, I've got three children, Isabel, Isaac, and Jonathan, who's at the back, and my mum, who's here as well. Um, I wasn't born on the island, but I grew up here, and after marrying my husband, we moved to Australia, and uh, returned here about 11 years ago, and we've been in this church ever since, and I lead worship here. How about you? My name is also Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) I do have friends that are not called Hannah, although we both work at the food bank, and our boss is Hannah, so it does get quite hilarious. Mostly with phone calls, if somebody asks for a Hannah, we direct to Hannah King. She's the knowledgeable one. Um, I'm married to Simon, and I have a faith. And My parents are not on the island. They're in Yorkshire. Most of my family is up there, bar one sister in Australia. And we moved to the island six, six years ago. So I'm part of the worship team with Hannah. This morning, um, Mark's asked us to talk on worshipping in spirit and in truth. And um, it's just, it's such an honour to be able to start every Sunday as well with worship in song and just um, how worship is so based on love. That is, it's all encompassing. Um, it's a, love is the firm foundation of all our worship to Jesus. And uh, we can only say that we love him and pour out our love to him because he loves us first. Um, We wanted to speak about where it says about spirit and in truth. Is this what a girl's going to read now? Yeah. Can you come and read the, uh, the verse now? Thank you. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. 
Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and that and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then, his disciples came back, they marveled, at, they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say, There are yet four months, then then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here, for here, this, uh, <laughs> for here the saying holds, the true, holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. That, uh, it's okay. <laughs> I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Man, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Thank you. So this morning, um, as we refer to this passage and a few others, I think a, a couple of nuggets that we would love for you to go away with is knowing that you hear from the Spirit and the Father is so lovingly approachable all the time. Um, so we're just going to speak on different parts of that passage um, and then we're going to have a time where you yourself have just you can give yourself time to come to the father and be with him near the end um, and Hannah and I will lead a, a time of singing um, I didn't actually say that was from John 4 okay. verses 1 to 45 pardon 1 to 39 I am corrected what is it 
7 to 39. I didn't ask them to read it. That's good. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry. So I wanted to start by saying, so Jesus in that passage says, now uh, there's coming a time and now is the time when we will worship in spirit and in truth. And what does that mean? To worship in spirit. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, which paid for all our sins, that we can boldly enter into the presence of God where we are fully accepted and where we belong. Man was made with a body, a soul, and a spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 6.17, Paul writes, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. It is our spirit that connects with God, who is spirit. At that moment, when we surrender our lives to Jesus and choose to follow him, he breathes life into our spirit. We call it being born again because before this, our spirits are dead and we're unable to to connect with God. But now, after Jesus has breathed his life, Our spirit comes alive and we're able to connect with God. How do we know we've been born again? How do we know that our spirits are alive? We will experience a difference. We will feel it. We'll know it. We've just been going through a series on the fruit of the spirit. Do have a listen. It's um, it's brilliant and... At that moment when God's Spirit, choo- that, that moment when we give our lives to Him, God's Spirit chooses to dwell in us. And we can experience true love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control, all of which we could not know beforehand. Our spirits connect to God, who is Spirit. But how are we confident that this experience is God? If it is God, it will match with what he says in the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16. This is the truth part. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. To get to know Jesus and to find out who he is and what he is like, we need to read the scripture. We read the Bible and this is where we find the truth. Our worship must always be informed by the truth of what he says in the Bible. Our God is who he says he is and we are who he says we are and we know this because God says so in his word. Our experience of him matches what he says. That is the spirit and the truth. That's us connecting with him and it is backed up by the truth. And I just remembered when I was doing that bit, remembering that little song, um, some of you will know it, that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's how we can be sure and certain. And just on truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Jesus is the truth, and when we know him and his ways, we know the Father. Because Jesus says in his word, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Worship in real life every day, what does it look like? It will look very different for everybody. Ultimately, it is us pouring out our love to him and giving him all the worth he is due. And as I said, that only comes because he loves us first. So it's not something we have to do. When we get how much God loves us, when we delve in deep and we surrender our hearts to him, it causes us to pour out our love to him because we just see how amazing and how brilliant he is and how worthy of our love he is. just wanted to read from verse 21 to 26 again. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. They used to, um, they would have the temple in Jerusalem. And so when people went to, wanted to worship, they would have to go to a place in Jerusalem. And in that temple, you had the outer courts, the inner courts, and the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was separated by a veil. Not everybody could enter, enter in. And that's where the presence of God was. And so the Samaritans had a different setup. They would worship on a mountain. And uh, so this lady is asking him, you know, what's the right way? And he's saying, actually, there is coming a time, and it is now, that we neither worship in Jerusalem or on this mountain. Because he knew there was coming a time when he was going to give his life and the veil was going to be torn in two from top to bottom and the Spirit of God was going to come out and we are able now to connect with God by his Spirit and now everybody can worship God wherever they are at any time because the Father has chosen us as the temple of God. And as I, was, as I was preparing this morning a bit more, I just imagined how amazing it would have been. I just think about the Spirit of God and the excitement he would have had just knowing that moment was coming when the veil was going to be torn in two. That excitement that he gets to be and dwell inside everybody. I know that Jesus dying and the way he died was horrific. And that's very real. 
And that's very necessary because we know that Jesus understands everything we go through. And he has experienced everything we go through. So he gets it. He gets everything. But with that, it says that Jesus did it for the joy set before him. And that joy is so that everybody can come to the Father. Everybody can enter in to the presence of God by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. So worship is our entire life. It's not a certain time. It's not a certain place. We just sang it during communion. We offer up our lives in spirit and truth. So we just wanted to share a bit about what, maybe what worship isn't, what worship is in our everyday in real life. Yeah, worship can, as Hannah said, worship is life. So sometimes we do have a preconceived, it's Sunday morning, it's the 40 minutes of singing and that's worship, or the Wednesday evening that we come and have a prayer and worship evening because we we use that word to describe the singing part of it. But it it is the the life that we lead um, and it, it, it is a sacrifice, it is a choice as well. So it can be... <clears throat> cliche doing the dishes and it can be sitting down and giving friends and family your undivided attention and listen actively and um, doing something for a neighbor that helps out or inviting a friend or a stranger for lunch all of that is worship to God so it isn't a preconceived or I sit and I listen to music then I write in my journal then I pray that's me done it could be I know Simon really connects with God when he sails um, and people go for walks and nature can speak to us very very powerfully that is all worship Um, when our focus is God anything can be worship (laughs) yeah definitely Preparing for this morning, um, Hannah and I uh, didn't have too much set-apart time to be able to sit down and listen and, well, yeah, not much set-apart time to listen um, to God and uh, write things down. Um, But Mark asked us maybe a couple of months ago to do this morning, and ever since then, We've realized that, we knew it before, but it is, it's definitely solidified that worshiping God really is in your everyday. Being able to hear God really is in your everyday. Um, you can learn, learn about God through your family life, through your job, through your thoughts, through what you see on TV. Um, yeah. There, I think we've had a lot of times, even sitting at the beach, we'll just sit out and go, right, this is a moment, let's, you know... We'll see, something will catch our eye. I think if we're in that, that place of being willing to hear God and be with God every day, you will be amazed at how much he will speak to us. And through all these amazing different things, we need time set apart with him, definitely. I love what Jill was saying this morning about how um, when you look at the world and you see how unequal it is with wealth, and it can be a, such a hard place to live in. 
But actually there are times when we are set apart and we can be with God and just go, God, what is this? We need you. We need more of you to be able to pour out into this world and help. Um, I think we're also going to... Sorry. (laughs) We're also going to mention that um, worship is a choice and a battle. I know I mentioned it a little bit, but it it is very much a battle because there is somebody who doesn't want us to put God first and doesn't want us to worship God. Um, I just a bit about where I feel it quite tangibly. Unfortunately, I suffer with migraines, and there are some definite physical things that I could do, like drink water and eat. Um, so that does help if I have a migraine coming on, but there are also some non-physical things I often do get a migraine if I'm worrying or something's on my mind. Um, I actually get really nervous leading worship. Often I start getting a migraine on Sunday morning (laughs) and it's a choice and a battle for me to just get up here and and lead because that's what I feel God has called me to do. Um, In the worship set, it doesn't distract me at all. It's like my migraine goes all together, which is amazing. On the flip side of that... Um, when I get a migraine and I'm at home, the battle is just as real. Um, And my uh, symptoms are quite difficult to cope with and quite intense. Um, And I will decide I need a snooze or whatever. Um, And I decide, okay, I'm going to sing, I'm going to worship, because God is still worthy whether I'm in pain or not. So... But it, sometimes in those moments, my migraine doesn't go away. Um, this, is, this is the hard bit. This is the messy, chaotic life bit. There isn't steps to, well, I say this to God and I praise him and then my migraine goes. And so that, that's happened. We're all, we're all fine again. It doesn't. It doesn't always go. And it's really, really hard. I still struggle with the whole healing category. But I know in those times... I have moved closer to God and I've experienced his presence and the intimacy between me and him is just more than I can ask or imagine and it's more important than my migraine. It's more important than my, um, my head, my pain, whatever. I have met with God in those, in those times. Mm. Yeah. And I love what Hannah said about God being worthy no matter what. Whether, whether the migraine's going to go or not, he is worthy. And um, I read a quote recently, and I don't actually know where it's from. Um, but it said, um, can we imagine the Father... What I'm trying to remember what it is now. Um, can we imagine how the Father feels when he looks at his children and they are so afraid of a roaring lion, that's, a loud roaring lion that's prowling around with no teeth when they are indwelt with the powerful Holy Spirit? We don't need to be afraid. Sometimes we don't know what God's going to do, and we don't understand, but we definitely don't need to be afraid. I have a a similar story um, with when I was pregnant with Isabel. Um, Each time I was pregnant, I I just felt sick for four months, just all day, every day. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> she's saying she's sorry. <laughs> Thanks, darling. Uh, so when, 
people would ask me to lead worship, everything in me would just, well, not everything, most, most of it in me would go, oh, I can't, I feel horrible, I don't want to do it. But I would, there was something in me that knew, this is what God's called me to. So I, I obeyed. Um, and the Bible does say, to obey is better than sacrifice. I thought, right, okay. Uh, so, but every time I would lead worship, beforehand I felt horrible, afterwards I felt horrible. As soon as we started, until we left, I felt amazing. And that was the only time in those four months that I felt brilliant. I'm not sure I wanted the worship ever to stop. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's just a testimony to God caring. God being enough for us when he's asked to do, us to do something. Mm. Whether we think it's small, he really does care. He really is able. Did you want to do? Yeah. Um, just going to look at the second part of what the girls read. Um, I'll just read a bit again. Hang on, let me find it. Before I read that, hang on. (laughs) Just my brain. Um, So um, Hannah actually came across a phrase called so that. It was um, Amy Grushel who was talking about the process of our prayers or coming to the Father. We often pray something, um, and it's good to question what do we what is the outcome we want we're praying so that um but when we went through this passage um we felt that actually we could apply that those two words to to this passage um so it felt for us an important flow actually um jesus was talking to the samaritan woman about living water about true worshipers and then he reveals who he is, doesn't, doesn't he? Like at the end of the first-ish bit, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Um, which is just, I don't know, it blows my mind really, thinking that she, he was like, it's me, talking about worshipping, it's me. Um, but there's that phrase, so that. So he reveals who he is, he talks about true worshippers, so that. And in verse 35, it says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So there's the so that. What do we do when we have found our salvation? When we've had the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, we worship him because he is worthy and our hearts adore him because he is worthy. And out of that, we can share with others. She goes back to the town. She doesn't just sit there. She goes back to the town and says, everyone, come and see. This man told me everything I ever did. Um, And that's the same for us. We want to worship him, and out of that, let's share it. Um, this This is really exciting because he says, the fields are ready, the the people are there, ready to listen. Um, He says, open up your eyes. Um, He also talks about the sower and the reaper. Um, And I think for us to know that people are just so ready to hear the truth about who Jesus is. We don't have to go looking for people. People are in a chaotic world at the moment. And they are just looking for somebody to pop (laughs) pop in a truth and just reveal something and give them access to the freedom that God gives them. Um, we, We have to be ready to do that. 
Um, and we are ready because we have the mind of God in us. When we have salvation, we already have the Spirit in us. Um, and that's when we can just prick up our ears and just listen. Listen to those promptings. Listen to the nudges. Um, probably some of you, maybe not all of you, may be thinking, okay, she's going to tell me to go and evangelize <laughs> and go and like preach to people. I, if somebody else was talking and I was in the congregation, I'd probably be that like, oh, I'm not an evangelist. Or I'm not that person who does that kind of thing. Um, Mark can tell me off next week, but actually I'm not going to tell you to do that. I'm not going to tell you to go and evangelize the world or go and preach the gospel. What I am going to do is encourage you to be you. God made you unique. He made you with all your giftings and the world needs a you. It needs every one of you. The world needs every one of you. It doesn't need a whole lot of me's or a whole lot of Hannah's or a whole lot of Mark's or a whole lot of Chris's. The world needs you, all of you, lovely people. That's what the world needs. Let me just sip of water. I just love that verse that says, open up your eyes, look at the fields, people are ready to hear. Um, it can be very daunting, though. Um, there is a verse in 2 Timothy, which I'll just read. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control and because we have the Holy Spirit in us we do not need to fear Simon and I have been doing a, an online course um, over the last couple of years to be fair it, it could have taken a few weeks but we've been doing it over a couple of years um, it's um, called the honesty tool it's with a, a ministry called cages birds um, Jonathan and Melissa Hessler lead it I don't know if you've heard of them um, but um, he goes through a couple of points that might might come into your mind that might hinder you taking that step to speak to somebody or might hinder you thinking that you can hear from the Holy Spirit. So we're just going to run through um, a few of those. Um, but I just wanted to read again from Galatians. actually going to read the message version because I like one phrase in there. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. I love the phrase, the privilege of intimate conversation. And that is what is available to all of us. 
that is an approachable God. He doesn't sit back um, and, and leave it to, to be difficult. We have the privilege of intimate conversation. Um, so I just wanted to share with you um, a few barriers. It's not supposed to be do these five steps and you will be spiritually enlightened or anything like that. They, they're just comments to to maybe just ask yourself, do any of them apply to you? Um, yeah. First one, um, I struggle with this a lot, but um, I'm getting better at it. You should hear perfectly the first time. Um, that's not true. <laughs> God uses imperfect people so that he can be perfectly glorified. So hearing God's voice or journaling his voice or sharing with others takes practice. And practice is needed because it's not a performance. It is listening to God. We need to be prepared for awkward silences, times of waiting, times when we express it inaccurately. We do make mistakes and that's okay. That's when God is glorified. Um, another barrier or hindrance could be that was just me thinking those things that wasn't God um, in John fourteen twenty three, it says my father will love them and we will come and make our home in each of them that's what Hannah was saying earlier as well we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and God uses us God uses how we think and our own creativity to speak to the right person so if you have a thought Share it. Don't be afraid. The Spirit does his work. It's not up to us to save people. Just let that burden go. It's not our responsibility. That God does the saving. <laughs> we do the sharing <laughs> with him. Another barrier is some might think it's too risky because it diminishes the word of God. It diminishes the authority of the scriptures. If you're listening to the Spirit... He will never, ever contradict the word. He will never contradict the Father. The Spirit will always point us to the Father. So when we hear his voice, it will be an emphasis of the truth we already know. Um, I love this one as well. It's wishful thinking, too good to be true. I was saying to Hannah, I was kind of going around in circles yesterday, thinking... I love those two words. It's too good to be true. But that's exactly what God is. He is too good to be true, but he is good and he is true. And it's true that he's good. <laughs> and you can just go round and round again. And we must have the courage to overcome this lie. It's, it's a huge barrier. God is good. God is true. He is as good as he says he is. A verse in Ephesians says he gives us abundantly more than we can ever think or imagine. That's him. He is a good, good father. Um, some, of, some of us might think, I'm too afraid to hear his voice. We may think, what if he punishes? What if he condemns? He doesn't. He, done it. he doesn't punish or condemn. He, condemn. he doesn't do it. He is a kind, kind father. All of that shame and guilt and punishment has already gone. It's gone. It's totally gone. I don't know how, how else I can say it. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. 
In Romans 8, it says he, does, he doesn't condemn us. Jesus took that away. I think that was that one. We were going to add another one. Maybe another one. <laughs> We've got about 10 minutes. Um, we really wanted to just leave some space so that everybody can just be still for 10 minutes. Sometimes we find it so hard to just give God that time because we've got things to do. Um, But why are we doing them? And who are we doing it for? We find that out by spending time with the one who is our everything. Before we do, I just wanted to say that in this time, it's it's a time to be vulnerable Sometimes I've, I've been on a journey of God teaching me about vulnerability for the last couple of years. So when I say that word to people, I often, they look at me like I'm swearing at them. Because it's, it's like, no, I can't do that. It's far too painful. But actually, we can be vulnerable with God. He doesn't ask us to be vulnerable with every single person, to open our heart to every person. He just calls us to be vulnerable with him because, let's be honest, he knows everything anyway. And in fact, he knows us more than we know ourselves. And he will always go step by step. He will never, like Hannah said, it will never be punishment. It will never, he will never go too far. He will always treat us well. And I uh, just wanted to read this. It's a book by Jeremy Riddle called The Reset. And this bit's titled, Fully Yielded. I still find it amusing how many processes I went through, skill sets I developed, Leadership tools I acquired and labor-intensive seasons I waded through, only to discover the key all along was yielding to the Holy Spirit. I mean, does anyone else find it ironic how many years of striving it takes to finally learn to give up? How long it takes to stop trying to impress and please people and simply surrender? Spiritual maturity is formed in someone who has learned to yield to the Holy Spirit, to wait to listen, to hear, and to obey. The greater the yielding, the greater the power. So when we spend our time with God, we spend time to wait, to listen, to hear, and to obey. He is worthy. So yeah, we've got, I mean, we've actually only got five minutes, but we'll probably carry on for a bit. Um, but you're welcome to go if you need to um, and go and get kids. Um, but in this time, just find a space on your own. We were wondering whether to get a ministry team and be available, but we thought, actually, no, this is time to just be with God. He absolutely adores every single one of you, and he loves spending time with you. He's calling us to come.
Your love is pure. You don't 
God, you loved us so much that you bankrupted heaven and gave your only son to give abundant life. Holy Spirit, I raise my hands to you like a child and I ask that you take off any of my old rags of fear, shame and guilt. Clothe me with the Father's tangible affections. I confess that I am no longer a sinner. I'm a child redeemed by love. I wear a robe of righteousness on the inside and the outside. I am in right standing with God. I am a fearless child and you are my very happy father. who do need to go it is 12 but Hannah and I are going to stay for a bit longer for those who want to just sit and make the most of this time 